Hey friends, welcome to Mavericks and Misfits. Grateful that you have tuned in today. Uh, Some of you are watching this on video. We're doing some experimentation with just not only having the regular audio uh, podcast of Mavericks and Misfits, but we're also trying out some video. And so it looks a little rustic. I get it. It's not exactly a professional set, but uh, we don't really do anything professionally around here at Mavericks and Misfits. We are meat and potatoes, keeping it like it is and just giving you the truth of God's word. And today in this episode, I am not alone. I am here with my beautiful wife, Amy Lyle, and Amy is going to be a part of what is being shared today. A couple of weeks ago, she was talking with me as we were driving down the road and she was sharing with me a burden that she had about something she is seeing happen in uh, the kingdom right now, especially uh, in social media. And as she began to say it, I, I started feeling the weight of the Lord on it. And I felt like it was worthy enough to actually do an episode of Mavericks and Misfits. And so today we're going to welcome Amy into the studio with us. So I want to turn my attention now to my lovely wife, Amy. Amy, welcome. I'm glad to have you here today as always. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I know that uh, you love the background. You prefer to be like behind the scenes. And you and I both know that that's not the Lord's will for you in this season. He is pushing you out of the nest and putting you before people. But uh, I just want to say as your husband, uh, thanks for coming on the uh, podcast and the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we were going down the road, I guess a couple of weeks ago, and you said you had really felt the fear of the Lord on behalf of the church on a very specific issue. And as you were telling me about it, I started kind of just, it was contagious. I started feeling the Lord on it too. And so I really wanted you to share with the audience today, like, tell us what that is. Tell us what you got from the Lord and walk us through a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks for uh, just inviting me on and allowing me to talk about this. And yes, I do love the background. So this is a step out for me, but I'm learning to be obedient in this new season of what the Lord has for me. God bless it. And he is blessing mm-hmm. it, which I'm so I'm so thankful for. Um, but yeah, I forget exactly where we were, but we were riding down the road and the Lord had just really began to stir in my heart because I had been on social media and just all of a sudden there were so many opinions that were just flooding my newsfeed that day. This was right around Christmas time too, right? This was right around Christmas time. A lot of people going back and forth about different views on Christmas and you were feeling that kind of grievance in your spirit because it was Christians hashing out some differences publicly. Yes. And at first I thought that I was just maybe upset, you know, in in my flesh of thinking this is not what I want to be looking at or I don't know, but just really looking at it and not feeling good about it. And then the more I began to just sit and ponder, which is what I like to do, I like to uh, go inward and think about and process my own thoughts and feelings about something. What got me is I really began to realize that it was, I felt the heart of the Lord grieved and I was sensing his grief over what I was saying. And I I will just say in the mouths of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. And when you were sharing it with me, I would agree with that. I felt like it wasn't Amy on a soapbox or Amy frustrated. I felt like it was the Lord. So share a little bit about it. So around Christmas time, all of a sudden in my newsfeed, there was just so much information and so many people going back and forth and arguing about Christmas. And I just was so shocked because I'm used to the world arguing about Christmas. Right. 
you know, I'm, I'm used to that, that the public and those who are not believers of, you know, in the Lord have wanted to say happy holidays. Right. They feel imposed upon when we mention Jesus. Yes, because they view Christmas, that half that word is Christ. Right. And so that I was used to. But then all of a sudden, when it was believers arguing on Facebook about Christmas and the celebration, I just became really, really grieved. And and I will say, I think that there were things that were said on both sides that were valid. Yeah, sure. Everybody's entitled to have their own personal conviction on it. But what you were seeing is a war over the convictions, people on one side of the aisle fighting Christians on the other side of the aisle. So instead of it being personal convictions, it was people taking a posture of authority and they were jabbing and jarring and jousting with each other. Yes, that's exactly right. And I saw it from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, one, again, I just really felt the heart of the Lord being grieved over, over his kids fighting. You know, that's basically what that is. Mm -hmm. And because as you have taught me and taught others that there's a difference between something being unbiblical and non-biblical. Right. And And just for clarity's sake, unbiblical means anything that might be speaking against or contrary to scripture. Non-biblical just means the Bible doesn't say yes or no to it one way or another. And so it's in that area where the Bible doesn't define it. So we're allowed to have non-biblical views as the Holy Spirit leads us because the Bible doesn't speak to every single possible decision or preference we might have. But unbiblical means we've developed an idea, a thought, or a behavior that is in contradiction to scripture. So what you're talking about is this Christmas issue is a, a non-biblical issue. Yes, it, it is non-biblical. And to me, look, looking on, I felt that it was clearly violating something that is biblical, which is endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Hello. And that we are commanded very specifically to do that. Right. And then uh, we're commanded in scripture what to do when someone offends us. Correct. And that was not happening. So those are biblical things. And you're seeing people violate the biblical things in order to plant a flag on a non-biblical issue that they're saying is actually biblical. Yeah. Now, if you can follow that, that's a little bit jumbled. But what <laughs> she's saying is somebody who's taking a non-biblical issue, turning it and, and communicating it like it's a biblical issue. But while they're fighting over it, they're actually violating biblical commands concerning peace and unity, offense and forgiveness. That's exactly right. Because as much as as all the information that was coming in about Christmas was from this source and that source and backgrounds. And and again, I'm not saying that that is invalid, but the authority is the word. That's where we go to. Exactly. We don't go to other people's experiences or past to be led by what to do about something. We go to the word. And so it was so great. It was such a grievance to me, and I was grieving the fact that in order to push this uh, belief that is non-biblical, we were violating very specific biblical commands. And that's where you, you attached what you just described 
to some clear scripture from the book of James in chapter three. And when you brought that into the conversation, I want you to share that with the audience. When you brought that into the conversation, that's when I was like, oh my goodness, she's sitting on something that's way bigger than a conflict over Christmas. This is speaking to a larger problem among Christians that you felt the fear of the Lord on because a lot of Christians are doing something that they don't understand quite what they're doing. So maybe share that passage or that verse from James and tell us how Like, what did you feel from the Lord on that thing? What were you getting from him? Yeah, I I will share that. um, Because if you follow me on social media, you know that I've not said anything about this. And I've learned from the Lord that when something starts uh, becoming troubling to me, that I just go and get before him. Like, Lord, what are you saying about this? Because ultimately, his opinion is the only one I want. Yes. He can use other people, but I want to get his heart on it. And that takes time, and it takes searching out the scriptures, and it takes patience. And, you know, I believe that in almost every situation, the enemy speaking, I'm speaking, and God is speaking. And it takes time to weed through everything that you're reading and hearing to discern the voice of God, you know, from your own voice and from the enemy's voice. And so I began to do that as I was seeing this. And of course, the first thought was that I'm like, oh, I know how I feel as a mom, because there may be other moms that are not like this, but you know, I'm a very mild girl. But if you want to ruffle my feathers, Mm -hmm. mess with your kids, mess with my kids, right? You don't want to do that. You don't want to mess with Amy Lyle's kids. Now I know they're big and they're grown and all that. They're still her babies, and you don't want to mess with Mama Bear. That's right. And so there haven't been too many situations, but there were a couple when my children were little that I'm out and about, and I'm with my kids. I'm their mom. I brought them into the world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm out with them at the mall or at a park, and I hear a voice that I don't recognize instructing my kids. I, I don't take that well. Right. Those are my kids. I raise them. I know their personalities. And I don't let their siblings correct each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that's not part of the environment either. And so the first thing I started realizing is, wow, this is a lot of correction and instruction. You're talking about the stuff over Christmas online, yes. Facebook primarily, Instagram, social media. Yes, that I'm relating these to. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, okay, God's our Father, and He knows how to correct His children. And so that's kind of what pushed me in. Lord, I want to hear your heart on this. Yep. And so I spent probably a week before I even ever said anything to you. I was just sitting alone with the Lord. You know, God, what is your heart about this? What is your heart about Christmas? And what was so interesting is that he didn't even talk to me about Christmas. He started talking to me about his heart of what was going on and the disunity that was uh, that was coming uh, from this, the confusion that it could cause unbelievers. And it did. We had unbelievers that stumbled all over Christians fighting on Facebook over the birth of Jesus yes. and when it sh- when and how it should be celebrated. Yes, that was appalling mm-hmm. to unbelievers. And obviously it wasn't, it wasn't making them want to come to church. Yeah. 
you know, it, it was a stumbling block. It was a stumbling block. It was not a great witness. And so all of that I'm just carrying around. And so there was one particular night that as I was falling asleep, I was just asking the Lord, what do you say about this? What is what is your heart? Because really in everything, that's what we want. We mm-hmm. want to get the heart of the Lord on the matter for the people reading, for the people writing. Yeah. Like this wasn't even in judgment over the people who were expressing uh, their opinions and their views, because I'm sure that they believe that they're right and that they have something to share. And so this was not about judgment, but it was just getting the heart of the Lord for all of it. And uh, so one particular morning I woke up and I felt very drawn to James 3, 1. And off the top of my head, I was not remembering. So you had the phrase James 3, 1 in your spirit when you woke up and then you had to say, I don't know what that says. Let me open my yes. Bible. And so I did. And you know, I love the amplified classic yeah. uh, version of the Bible. So that's the one that I read out of. And James 3, 1 says, not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others, my brethren, for you know that we will we will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. Well, I think that's pretty clear, and I want you to unpack it for the remaining time that we've got. But I, just for clarity's sake, so James 3 is a warning. It's a warning to Christians. James writes this general, it's called a general epistle, a letter to Christians. And he says, in essence, I'll paraphrase it in James 3, 1, he's saying, you guys need to really slow down and think about whether you want the position of a teacher, because in case you don't know, those who presume to teach or even those who are genuinely called to teach will give a much higher um, accountability and answer to the Lord at the end of the age. And so it's a warning saying, don't be jockeying for position to be speaking as a teacher, because as soon as you put yourself in that position, you have entered in not only the privilege of, of being heard, but the high level of accountability that you may not want to do. You may not want to have at the end of the age. That's exactly right. And this was written in a context and in a time where it would have been even much harder to become teachers. Right. And he's still saying don't desire that, you know, probably back then, I mean, you're not going to waltz in a church and just start teaching and you're not going to do that in today's society either, but, but social media, there you go. So you're, you're saying, okay, social, we're the first generation where anybody who wants a pulpit has a pulpit. Yes. Anybody that wants to speak supposedly authoritatively on a subject in the church has the opportunity to do so, whether it's Instagram, whether it's, um, uh, TikTok, whether it is Facebook, whether it's Twitter, everybody suddenly has the potential to step into a role of an instructor on behalf of God. Yes. And that's where the fear of the Lord started hitting you. Yes. And it was too. And and you know me well. I'm not saying that lightly. I was trembling under the weight because I also have a social media account. Yeah. And I started even thinking about what have I posted recently? And am I encouraging? Am I posting pictures? Am I sharing? Or am I seeking to instruct? Because this is what this verse is about. It's not that we can't speak and we can't talk, but when we assume the role of an instructor. Mm -hmm. Which presumes some level of authority. Yes. And so I just really began to get sobered and really reflective and 
just trembling in my spirit that social media has given, and not just about Christmas, about anything, has given such access to anyone from anywhere instructing at any time. And again, the danger specifically for those who don't know the Lord yet is that they don't understand any of this. So if you're speaking for God, they are probably very vulnerably receiving that. Mm -hmm. And you're, you could be sitting at home and not even realizing that you are molding someone's view of God that has never even liked your post. You don't even know that they read it. They've taken it to heart. Maybe they've become discouraged and don't want anything to do with Jesus anymore because of your representation of him. And And God sees all of it. Well, and it's all in the spirit of, I'm going to set the opposite side of the aisle straight. So, and people, when they're posting are arguing with this invisible person, what they don't realize is there's hundreds of onlookers and you're not only making your point to the person you think you're debating or arguing with, you're speaking authoritatively on an issue that the Bible doesn't say yay or nay on. Now you may have all the reasons the world for having a personal conviction, but when you're saying God is for this, God is against this, this is God's point of view on this. You've now inserted yourself into the position of an authoritative instructor and you're immediately accountable for it. And I guarantee you less than 1% of people posting on Facebook about Christian matters really ever think, what am I going to give an account for at what level before the Lord for what I just posted? That's exactly right. And the whole purpose, or not the whole purpose, but one of the main purposes of Matthew 18 is the fact of privacy, that it's, it's private between you and another person, that you are setting someone straight in a private setting between the two of you. And if you have to invite a couple of other people, then then you do that. For the purpose of restoration and reconciliation, not debate. Yes, but it's like, this is just open for the world to see. Mm-hmm. That anyone can click on your Facebook page and and see what you're posting. And so it's, it's the fact that it's violating all of these scriptural principles. And then again, the, I mean, that's a pretty hefty warning out of James 3.1. Yeah about a greater accountability that you're going to be measured, you're going to be judged for how you instructed others. That causes me to step back. Well, I think also remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Now think about this. If we are given something legitimately by the Lord and the accountability goes up, think about the accountability when we're speaking in an area where he did not give us permission to do it. And so now we're not only accountable for what we said, but we're accountable for speaking on his behalf without his permission. God said uh, to, in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, he said, these prophets have run from me, but I did not send them. Mm -hmm. And so there, there has been historically God's eye on people that presume to speak for him, invoking his name, stating his authority, his position. If Jesus were here, this is what he'd say. And I would just say this, y'all better be careful. Like if you'll just stick to what the Bible actually says, you'll have plenty to talk about. But even with that, you better be doing fear and trembling. But when we're speaking about stuff that the Bible is silent on, but we're speaking at it at a level as if the Bible was dogmatic on, you are entering a territory where you're going to have deep regrets. Jesus talked about every idle word will be accountable for. He talked about, again, to whom much is given, much is required. And so when, when we're thinking about these things that fear the Lord, what what give some practical counsel, because we've only got a few minutes left. Give some practical counsel. 
like you're seeing this stuff stuff go on. If you got all of those people that were doing all this junk about Christmas, and by the way, it's not just Christmas. People fight and jockey for position over Christian stuff all the time on social media. So if, if you're giving some spiritual mama counsel, what do you say to these children of God about what they're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. Because again, this is not about judgment, even over the people who were writing. This is about the fear of the Lord and wanting what is best for all of those participating, whether you're reading, you're writing, whether you're confused by it, God has something to say to all of us. And so for me personally, what I did was I really went before the Lord and it makes me stop and think about anything I post at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, is this instruction? Is this correction? Is this actually the heart of the Lord? Who's going to reap this? Yeah. Who are the people that even follow me? I mean, some of us, we don't even know who who follow us. We haven't looked at that list in a year. Mm-hmm. And so it for one, I think social media is such an easy access to just say something that, that by the way, that possibly we don't even have the courage to say to the person. Right. So social media is great for cowards. It's a face hook. It, it is. It's a face hook. Um, like I would never speak to this person this way. Personally. Personally. Mm-hmm. But I can do it because I'm in the comfort of my own home behind a screen and there's no one really to argue with me. Yeah. Keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. And so one, I I would encourage anyone and, and you know, anyone that's watching, listening uh, to stop and really pause the next time you, you before you hit post. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that I, I think is, again, social media has given a platform to a lot of people who call themselves teachers who are not. Right. And so I would say, uh, go to a spiritual leader and ask them, would they even trust you to teach in their church? And if you don't have their covering... And their commission, I wouldn't do it on social media. Man, that's a good word. You know how many people would, I mean, how few people would actually take that advice because they probably know in their gut that their their leaders at their church would never give them a Sunday morning pulpit or a classroom setting, but they don't have to ask permission. Again, it's the lack of accountability, the lack of awareness that we're accountable. And and social media allows people to say whatever they want to say about any subject. And there's zero accountability for the most part. Yes. I think that that's a really wise thing to do is that if you, if you are going to instruct particularly regularly, go and ask for the blessing of your leaders. Get get under someone's not only authority, but they're covering. They cover you. Yeah. Because I personally had rather you or another spiritual leader come to me and say, you know, what you just posted, rather than to receive the greater condemnation from, from God. Right. Like I had much rather know from right now mm-hmm. and right here or to even heed this morning on this podcast yeah. than to realize that I'm receiving a greater judgment from the Lord. Because, you know, even later in James 3, it talks a lot about the tongue in general. Oh, my goodness. The whole chapter. The whole chapter is on watch your mouth. You're setting a fire with your little spark of a word. And a lot of things are going to get burned down because you were careless with the igniter button. That's exactly right. And so, I mean, I think it's even in verse two or three that says the one who doesn't, you know, sin with their mouth is, is perfect. Yeah. You know, it's blameless. And so he's giving warning really to anyone who speaks at all. But then he's saying, but if you instruct and you teach, 
oh boy, like the, the judgment and that it's such a stricter judgment. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to be self-appointed teachers right. at all. We want to know that we're appointed by God. And then we want to know that we've been commissioned by someone who is keeping an eye on us and who can come and instruct us yep. and critique what we're doing uh, so that we don't receive that greater that greater condemnation, that greater judgment. And also just the fact that whether it's this subject, you know, Christmas was the hot topic, you know, a month or so ago. Politics. Any any of it. But specifically with like celebrating or doing something, you know, go read about um, Paul's epistles and, and liberty. Romans 14, Romans 15. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, any of us who are parents, we know this, uh, our children can handle different things. You know, we know that in scripture, there's a lot of warning about drunkenness. Yep. You know, a lot of people feel like, yes, you can take a drink, but you can't get drunk. That is probably what the scripture teaches. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a person who everyone in my family has become an alcoholic. Yeah, you don't want to drink at all. I don't want to look at right. it. Right. You know, and that might be a very different testimony for someone else. And so it's even taking away the fact that God can deal with his own children based on their weaknesses, based on their propensity to sin, based on their backgrounds, that he actually might allow me to do something that he won't allow you to do. That's so good. Um, man, I wish we had another 30 minutes on this thing. I think, um, Amy, what, what what Amy is sharing is so crystal clear, and it is, it's a Romans 14 and Romans 15 issue. Uh, Romans 14 and 15 are very clear, and it uses example from Paul's day about people disagreeing, Christians disagreeing hotly over issues that Paul ends up saying, it's it's actually, the kingdom's not about that. That's where you read the kingdom is not about uh, meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. These people were fighting over meat and drink in, the, in Romans 14 and 15 and violating righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. One of the things I want to do as we end today's uh, time together, I want to tell you, Amy is part, uh, she's part of the tandem of a podcast of her own. Um, her podcast is called uh, End Time Courage with Lauren and Amy. Lauren Atkinson's a good friend of ours and together, Lauren and Amy have come together to talk about at the end of the age and what are some things that uh, bear on the end of the age? How do we prepare spiritually? How do we prepare financially? How do we prepare relationally? How do we prepare practically? Uh, if the trouble hits next year, are you ready for your whole life to be uh, changed in the blink of an eye? And that is going to happen at some point. The, I guess the trick is we don't know exactly when. But I want to encourage you to go to uh, End Time Podcast. Uh, excuse me, In Time Courage with Lauren and Amy. It's currently on YouTube, Spotify. It'll be on iTunes very soon. And uh, they have already amassed. How many people are, are subscribing to that? I think there's a little less than 5,000 on YouTube. Yeah, and y'all have only been doing it a month. A month. A month. And so it's already taking off. And it's it's two women, two Christian women talking about perspective. You get me, you get the same old dude every time. But when you talk from a female perspective and they get aspects of the heart of God that men sometimes don't capture. And so one of encourage you to take advantage of that end time courage with Lauren and Amy. And uh, again, you can find it on uh, YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. It's on Google's uh, podcast too, and it will be on iTunes very soon. Girl, thanks so much for coming on today. You, you. Yeah, I love doing this with you no matter what, but this, this topic that God gave you is important and people need to heed 
what you are sharing on this because you're not playing around. You got about 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds and close it out. What do you what do you want to say as we say goodbye? Yeah, I just want to encourage everyone to to really seek unity. You know, when people say that Jesus prayed for us, what did he pray for us? That we would be one as his father and him are one. And how are they one completely, totally? And we're to endeavor to to keep the unity. So I would just encourage to anything that you post, uh, even in conversation, make that your goal. Yeah. Unity of the spirit doesn't mean that we can't disagree, but we can do it in love and we can do it according to the scripture. Yeah. Well, my last thought will be this. It is very possible that you can win every argument, every debate, every battle. And then when you stand before the Lord, you've lost the war. The war is for his glory. That's what we're soldiers of. And I hope you'll take to heart what my beautiful wife has said today. Tune in again next time. We'll see you. Have you picked up a copy of Jeff's book, Figuring It Out As I Go? His life story of abandonment as a child, an embrace of the occult and addiction as a teenager, and a nearly deadly battle with depression and rage as a young adult serves as an intense backdrop to Jeff's supernatural conversion at the age of 24. From there, Jeff writes of powerful seasons of deliverance, healing, and breakthrough, which were followed by tragedy, betrayal, and deep challenges which only God could turn around. If you want to hear a powerful account of the triumph of God's grace, and Jeff's surprising journey into the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, pick up a copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at jefflyle.com or wherever else you buy books. You can also download a copy of Jeff narrating Figuring Out As I Go on audible.com.